Give it your best shot. You should make him pull his wand on me. Out of initiative order? Well, yeah, he motions to attack so I can blast him on my turn. Come on, make it dramatic, man. <laughs> <laughs> Live for the Mundangerous Rumble Redux in New York City, I'm your host Shane. And I'm your host Ishan. And welcome to episode 323 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. This is Actual Play, Season 3, Episode 6. In this episode, we're continuing our playthrough of the 5th edition D&D adventure, The Magister's Masquerade, from the sourcebook Strixhaven, A Curriculum of Chaos. Tez Proudgale has been roped into dueling when he doesn't even care about honor. He doesn't even go here. I don't even go to the school. Yeah, uh, but, you know, your companions uh, were spoiling for a fight. And now the uh, battle stands one to one. And it's up to Tez to bring it home. And win for everyone, and also Chavinish Stoutclaw's coin purse, because he did bet that you would win. So, you know. Also, you're out for, out for some treasure. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, but before we jump into that, um, in just a couple of days, this Saturday, uh, August 6th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, is our Gen Con online panel. If you remember last year, we talked about uh, playing non-human characters, an expansion of the ongoing series we have here in the show. This year, we are diving even deeper into the muck and talking about how to play non-humanoid characters. And we wouldn't be doing that alone. Who are the special guests? We've got friends of the show, Darcy Ross from Darrington Press, the publishing arm of Critical Role, and Rich Howard, the creative lead and co-designer of Descent into Midnight. Friends of the show, uh, way more interesting uh, and knowledgeable than we are about the nitty gritty of snails and uh, sea anthropomorphic sea creatures, respectively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would I would agree. They are uh, they are as close to experts as I know about either subject. So if you've already signed up through the Gen Con link that we've been tweeting out, thank you very much. We actually do need your tickets to prove that anyone cares about our panels but we're actually going to be live streaming the entire panel on our youtube channel youtube.com slash total party thrill so we'll see you on saturday at 1 p.m eastern time and also now that uh you know people are doing things going out and about in the world getting their their triple vaxxing and such uh a catacon uh the uh, convention in Dayton, Ohio, from November 4th through 6th, hosted by the RPG Academy, friends of the show. Uh, their Kickstarter for badges is going live in just a few days. Uh, next week, August 9th, which I believe is uh, Tuesday. A Tuesday. Uh, you can get your badge for a catacon if you're interested in going, or there are other pledge levels if you can't make it but want to support the show. Uh, it will, um, it's a really helpful way for them to get their funding early so they can book space and, uh, and, and get a lot of things set up and paid for before, uh, before the show itself. So if you're interested in going, um, if you want to support a, a cool event, uh, please check out their Kickstarter and, uh, and support them. Yeah, they do this Kickstarter because, Putting on a con is a lot of work, especially if you're sort of doing it on an indie basis and you know, have not created a, an extant corporation in order to do that work for you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably extra hard when your special guests are uh, people like me who said, no way I could possibly make it. I have two kids now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be hiding inside for the foreseeable future. Yeah. My apologies, Michael. You'll have to find an actual special guest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, hop over to the Kickstarter uh, and let's uh, see what we can drum up. All right. So if I recall, Ishan, and in fairness, it has been you do uh, not. a couple weeks since we've recorded. Yeah. Uh, I believe we are in a, uh, a, a trash heap, a magical trash heap. That's exactly it. Kind of like 
the Fraggle Rock trash heap. I don't know. Is that is that too old a reference for you? Uh, probably. <laughs> I mean, I know what Fraggle Rock is. I don't remember their trash heap. <laughs> uh, she lives outside. Um, in like the the giant's trash heap. She's like, and the, uh, she had two rats who were like, the trash heap is spoken. Yeah. <laughs> so not important. Okay, we are in the Fury <laughs> the Gale repository important. in the Prismari Tower where they dump down magic and it gets broken down into its core magic bits. And apparently this is also where kids go to duel. Yeah, exactly. Because the magic of the place means that if you are knocked to zero hit points and left alone for a minute, then you'll regain all of your hit points. And of course, that's basically one of the rules of dueling here at Arcanics, uh, which is don't kill each other, you know, beat each other up. And oh, also don't use any weapons, just use magic, which has been a bit of an issue for Skelebro, who doesn't use magic. Uh, Arguably, it wasn't an issue for Skelebro at all. (laughs) (laughs) Skelebro really rocked the not magic thing. It was a bigger issue for Meepo, who has magic but no hit points. Uh, But, you know, was able to circumvent the no weapons rule rather brilliantly. Yes. uh, You know, a Shadow Blade and Green Flame Blade seem like a potent combo, but not quite enough to to win his match. So I think we're down to the rubber match, aren't we? That's exactly it. So one-to-one, and the way that the bragging rights work is uh, there are three of you on each side. Uh, two of those matches have played out, and now the only ones left are Tez and Quintilius and Tithian Melantor III, uh, a third year from Prismari, uh, which is the College of Elemental Art. He is standing in front of Tez, tossing a little ball of flame back and forth absentmindedly uh, between his hands. Uh, And he's basically said, comes down to just the two of us, so let's see who's best. I already know I'm going to win, but make this fun for me. Tez, like, whispers to himself, he's just a kid. He's just a kid. (laughs) He's just a kid. (laughs) And then he grits his teeth and he says, but I still want to kill him. (laughs) so Quintilius thinks for a moment and says why don't why don't we make this a little more interesting put a little wager down if uh, I win which of course I will uh, you and your friends will need to buy tickets to an entire semester of uh, my shows with the play actors drama guild it's not improv is it uh, no, it is, um, actually, oh, so Aurora will sort of lean over and whisper this info to you. Um, yeah, he's, he's an actor, a proper actor. Um, he really seems to favor romantic roles, but some critics have called his performances, mm, verging on histrionic. Uh, but he gets, he's very, very method. But, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing to support the arts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and okay, and if I win, says, mm, huh? "What do you have of interest?" Not that it matters. All right, so if you win, I have to go to your show all semester. Uh, he's like a he's like a, a like prissy rich kid, right? Uh, you guess he's well dressed. Yeah, um, he's certainly smug. Jewelry or a signet ring or just something that's like. You know, like some some kind of like signature thing that he wears, like an earring or something. He wears um, like half gloves, not not like um, the cool ones from the 80s where it's just your fingertips. But like he's got gloves that cover like just his thumb. I'm literally not making that up. <laughs> but they're like they're distinctive. Like yeah. That's his mm-hmm. like that's like his thing. That's like it's like his his leather duster jacket. Exactly. Yeah, I'll take your left glove. He looks down, which is currently conjuring a little ball of flame. He says, uh, he actually seems taken aback by this. What? My, what? Yeah, your left one. I don't need the right one. They're a matching set. Well, they were, and now they're going to be a split set. He thinks for a second, does, well, it doesn't matter because I'll win anyway, so... Sure, why not? 
strange requests. You're not going to smell the glove, are you? Tez cast Eldritch Blast. (laughs) (laughs) Did my distraction work? (laughs) He dies. (laughs) Uh, Okay, uh, Tez emerges from his reverie. (laughs) And uh, takes his place on the Duller's Mark, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, and he takes his place on the mark um, opposite you, 35 feet away. Uh, quick reminder, uh, this is a very large facility uh, with flowing uh, curved walls. Uh, ceilings are 20 feet high. Um, the walls emanate bright light. Uh, and then after that, uh, more than 20 feet away, it's dim light. And there are three remaining uh, statues in here that you know if anyone gets within 10 feet of them will begin attacking. So let's go with initiative. I feel like I should be okay. The Australia dice came through, Ishan. 19 plus 3, 22. That's very good because he got a 5. Okay. <laughs> um... All right. Uh, have we discussed my homunculus yet? We have not. Nor, nor have we discussed your all-purpose tool. So there are a couple things about uh, Tez coming into uh, Arcanix that are uh, perhaps a bit new <laughs> for the careful Tez observer. Uh, one is he has his, uh, his multi-purpose tool, which do you remember the shape that it took? A screwdriver. It is a screwdriver, correct. Uh, And he also has now his own little personal sort of, uh, not wizards familiar because it's a mechanical construct, but he has his own little um, crab-like helper, if you will. Uh, Well, crab-like, maybe not the right word because it has kind of a scorpion tail, but it's this mechanical sort of magical metal uh, contraption that kind of crawls out of his... uh, crawls out of his sleeve like a, you know, like a small little insect, um, maybe the size of his hand, uh, with a, with a, like a, a, an arched tail, like a scorpion. And, uh, and on that tail is a small, uh, magical force projector. Ah, so tell us about Tez's homunculus. What is its name? I don't think it has a name yet. Mm, it hasn't earned its name. He tends to name things in the moment, and he hasn't really <laughs> had the moment. Homuncula, bro. Okay, look. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Nepo. Okay, look. It'll come. Look, the yeah, name yeah, will right. come, all right? <laughs> uh, honestly, it's not even clear if this model is going to work. All right, he might have to go back and tinker with it. He's not going to get attached to the first model that he builds. Is this is this like its dry run? Uh, I think this is probably its maiden voyage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, let's see. Sink or swim. Exactly. Uh, mechanically, it takes its turn immediately after mine on my initiative. Cool. And then let's talk about the all-purpose tool. Um, your buddy Lucas gave it to you. Uh, as it was left behind by uh, a can of Scion uh, quite a few years ago. Um, And uh, one of the neat things that it does is allows you to select a cantrip from any class and cast that as an artificer spell. Mm -hmm. Have you selected the spell? I have selected the spell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's Eldritch Blast. (laughs) Yes, of course it is Eldritch Blast. uh, Yeah, so Tez has no offensive spells that do not require weapons. Uh, his only, actually, only offensive spell, period, is Booming Blade. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if he's going to do it, uh, it's it's going to have to be Eldritch Blast. So the, the whole magic thing really hampers his whole style. Yeah, and, you know, it is a screwdriver and not a weapon, so you're in the clear on the rules of dueling. <laughs> uh, also, it casts spells, you should... <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's do it. It is Tez's turn. So I believe I have two attacks with my Eldritch Blast as I try to dial in my screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
one is a one, so that's gonna be a no. And the second is a 15 plus eight. That is definitely gonna hit. And that will be eight damage, force. One blast goes wide and the other slams into your opponent's chest. He doesn't like it, but he seems to take it with uh, just a little wince. But he doesn't really seem worse for wear. Tez charges directly at Quintilius. So he's 35 feet away, so you can almost get there, yeah? Uh-huh. But that is what cunning action is for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so Tez will... Yeah, so, so... And Tez is just, like, charging straight at him, looking like he's about to tackle him. Right, just mm-hmm. a completely inelegant maneuver. Uh, and as he is running forward, I think uh, this is probably a good time for uh, the homunculus to take its turn uh, and squeeze off a couple shots from its little tail blaster. Oh, all right. Let's see what it can do. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it hits 12 plus 4, 16? That'll hit, yeah. Uh, 3 plus 2. Five more force damage. Ooh. Okay. Tez, like, squeezes off two shots of Eldritch Blast. One obviously goes wide. He doesn't know really how to uh, how to aim a screwdriver. The second one finds its mark, uh, and, and even as he, like, launches the blast, he's already, like, feet moving. He reaches his other arm out and, uh, like, gripping the back of his hand, like, uh almost like it's part of a gauntlet, right? This uh, this little scorpion tail is sticking out, kind of aim-correcting his shaky hand and uh, chooses the perfect moment to blast Quintilius right where he deserved it. Hmm. Um, so your homunculus is in your space and traveling with you, right? So like, it's like on you? On my person, yes. Okay, cool. All right. Quintilius pulls a hand back as he gets zapped by the scorpion that he didn't see until just now. Um, and he looks down at it with disdain and it looks up at you, smiles and says, my turn. So he blurs and moves faster than, just for a moment, faster than has been tracked. And he's gone and then he's behind you. Except that instead of going around you, he moved through you. Make a... Both you and the scorpion make a dexterity dexterity saving throw. Finally, something I'm good at. Oh, dear. Okay. 13 for me. Uh, Probably not 13 for the servant. Uh, It's going to be an 8. 4 plus 4. All right. So homunculus is knocked prone, which doesn't really matter much and Tez wait sorry is this magic uh yes yes it it is charm it is not charm oh lame uh but Tez ekes out a save and is nearly knocked off his feet uh by the sudden rush of Quintilius passing through his body um but manages to keep his footing which disappoints Quintilius but that doesn't stop him uh, what happens to homunculus? Uh, it's just not prone. Oh, okay. So it's like yeah, on the which, ground prone now. Uh, yes, exactly. Which I, I don't think it will... Well, we'll see if it actually affects anything. Okay, so he's moved through you and is now 20 feet behind you. Uh, and then in a... You're almost knocked off your feet and in a turn to get your bearings and you can see in a fluid motion he has skidded to a halt and then turned back to look at you and the little ball of fire that he was fidgeting with earlier now uh, is growing in his hand. He lifts his palm and it blazes with bright light. Uh, Make a wisdom saving throw. 15 plus 0. That's a success, which is a good thing, but hold on. I did not roll well. So, he deals 
22 fire damage, but you save, so you take half. Okay, so 11 fire. Yeah. And then he is done. Your turn. So uh, is that like a fireball? It flashed with bright light. Uh, so it's like a radiant ball. Yeah, exactly. But it didn't, it didn't like hit you. It was really just the searing light of it damaged mm. you. Got it. Mm. Yeah, serpent scale armor, not so useful for, uh, you know, deflecting light. <laughs> <laughs> Absorbing. Cool. Yeah, I know. Cold-blooded, you know. Uh, okay. Uh, well, if it ain't broke... And it's not abundantly clear to me yet that this strategy is broke. <laughs> so Tez will, uh, I mean, more or less repeat the same, right? Uh, he will, uh, I think, reach down and snatch up the homunculus, uh, keep it back on his hand, and snap off two shots while once again closing the gap with uh, with Quintilius. So that is an 18 and a 13 to hit with... Uh, with Eldritch Blast. The 18 hits. For a whopping four damage. Ooh. And the homunculus plus four is 12 plus four is 16. And then that's a d4 plus two is five more damage. That hits and hurts. Are you just going to continue to take little bites out of me? Is this all you have? What's all I need? Hmm. Well, then let's try this. Similarly to Loreen, who fought Meepo, he pulls his wand out of its holster and he makes a whipping motion. And you can see this time, instead of like a water whip, it's a, a rope of flame flicks out at you 15 AC that will clatter harmlessly off my aforementioned serpent scale mail and then a 19 AC that will clatter harmfully off my <laughs> aforementioned serpent scale mail alright 14 fire damage I don't like that right he'll just circle around you to the opposite side so like behind you and then you know it, you just shift he seems to like to stay mobile and it seems like he is very mobile he's quick he's nimble um obviously he's got you know, magic that lets him move uh quickly although he didn't do his little like moving through you move again this time all right he's done i mean <laughs> i don't have a lot of <laughs> options like tez because you're in melee, though, if you try to Eldritch Blast, you'll be doing it at disadvantage. Yeah, but I can just disengage uh, and... With cutting action, uh, yeah. With cutting action and step back in, which is, I think, all Tez is going to do. <laughs> like, like, dart backwards, line him up for uh, for a trio of shots, and dart back in. All right, let's see if they hit. All right, the Eldritch Blasts are... Uh, an 18 plus 8 a 12 plus 8 so that's a 26 and a 20 there's some damage rolls well kind of 8 and 5 is 13 more damage and then the homunculus with its stinging tail is a 10 plus 4 is 14 versus AC not a great round for Taz there are no great rounds I can't proc sneak attack <laughs> <laughs> uh, which of course uh, earns you uh, a chuckle and a sneer from Quintilius well I was about to try something sneaky but doubt I actually need to do that he will cast a spell a classic need thing to... for a wizard to do classic means I need to check for a wild surge and unfortunately there is no wild surge um, so he lifts both gloved hands uh, into the air and then clasps them, clasps them together and he disappears and in his place is interestingly a creature that Tez has seen before 
but much larger than the one he saw. A fire snake. Uh, so it is essentially like a large snake slash like elemental salamander that is on fire. Um, except this one is huge. It is 15 feet tall and coiled uh, in on itself uh, in a striking position. And uh, it doesn't do anything when it arrives. It seems like it just arrives and now is ready to attack, but doesn't do anything and his turn's over. Can I... Can Tez tell how it arrived? Hmm. Like... Was it summoned? Was this, like, uh... Give me an arcana check. 27. That's very good. I rolled a 20. As far as Tez can tell, it emerged from his gloves. Like, from his very, like, very casual observation. Like, you can spend an action on your turn to, like, really examine the fire snake to see if you can figure it out. Essentially, like, this, this is sort of akin to, like, identifying a spell, you know, which will cost you an action. But, okay, like, but he, you know... But he just appeared? He, you can't see him anymore. That's... Okay. All right, Tez's turn. Uh, Tez will once again disengage and step around the fire snake. Okay. Can I see Quintilius? <laughs> no, and it is turning to keep you in its sights. When I fought a fire snake previously, did it have any type of ranged attacks? Uh, not that you saw, no. Like, it very much seemed to be, like, a snake that is on fire. Right. Hence its, uh, appropriate name. Mm-hmm, yeah. Some wise scientist discovered it and named it. Uh, Tez will just, uh, walk away and, uh, hide down one of the side passages. Um... So, like, out of view? Yeah. Just run down one of the side passages uh, and duck behind one of the... Because, like, I I think we talked about how it's, like, these, like, rough folds of wall, right? It's this kind of, like, organic sort of wall material. Um, Yeah. And it's, you know, it's dark uh, or dark enough in in those kind of side passages. So, yeah, he'll just kind of pull a Meepo and just, you know, do a fade. But you don't have an action to hide. Okay, so you're just moving... Uh, I do have an action to hide. I cutting action, so I can cutting action to disengage and then leave, and then my action. Oh right, because you're not attacking. You're right, right. right. Okay. Uh, make a stealth check. I have advantage because of something I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some elven something or other. Elven boots, boots. or yeah. cloak or something. Now it's boots. Uh, so I'm a plus nine. That is a twenty-four. It's a good number. Okay. Oh, and uh, and I suppose the homunculus uh, will duck up my sleeve, so it has full cover. <laughs> All right. So, are you you're like in one of these sort of like side room areas? Yeah, yeah, similar to like what Meepo did, right? Of just kind right. of like, you know, ducking out of sight and then disappearing somewhere down that direction, but not clear which side and not easy to spot. Right. All right. So the fire snake comes after you. Um, surprisingly quick. It's like slithering along the ground. It gets 10 feet away from you. So it's close. Does it have any indication that it spotted me? No. Your turn. Uh, Tez will ready Eldritch Blast for the first creature that spots him. <laughs> okay. So when it seems like it spots you, you'll zap it. Yeah, any anything, yeah, anything spots me, I'm zapping. All right, and you're not moving, right? Oh no, I yeah. uh, Tez has done a, uh, I think, done a full on like Arnold and Predator move here. Just pull the cloak tight and you know press yourself dark into the shadow. Not covered in mud, obviously. I mean, that would be ridiculous to find mud down here in a magical waste. Right. All right. Let's see. I will literally wait out Quintilius's power. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you'll just you'll just sit there, won't you? He will. And I'm probably high enough that he can't perceive me at all, can he? Because <laughs> he's a dumb snake. Yeah, I think maybe. 
Let's see. So it's gonna figure out some other way to sniff you out. Um, I, I, I'm guessing there's a few rounds here where it's just kind of searching about, right? Like unable to find Tez. Uh, is it is it possible at that point to kind of observe? Like, is it behaving like with human intelligence, or is it behaving with like uh, a a beast obeying a simple command? Like, is it methodical in what it's and how it's searching, or is it like, you know, just responding to stimuli? Yeah, give me. We do have a couple of rounds here where it is sort of moving around, searching for you. Give me an investigation check. I will not be able to magically enhance this. <laughs> so I have but an 11. That's a 7 plus 4. You don't know what a fire snake acts like, really. You only saw it for a short amount of time. Yeah, there's nothing you can... There's nothing... There's no insight that you can glean from it as you peer at this thing. And as long as you don't move, I don't think he's going to be able to spot you. So he gets bored after a couple of rounds while you're, like, peering at this thing and trying to, like, figure out something about it, like a a weakness or something. So then, finally, Quintilius' voice comes out of the fire snake. Fine, then if illusions won't work, let's try the elements. And... His voice takes on a sonorous quality, and Tez can feel magic building. Enough of these games, then. If you're not going to play, then just go away. Uh, The fire snake positions itself um, at one end of the side room, and then it fades away. And instead of the snake is now Quintilius with an arm outstretched uh, and a huge gust of wind emanating from his outstretched palm. Um, He doesn't know where you are, so let's see. All right, Tez, make a strength saving throw. This will be fine. This wouldn't be against being charmed or magic putting me to sleep, (laughs) would it? (laughs) It would not. I don't think this is enough, but it's a really good roll. 15 minus 1 is 14. Oof, that that is good enough. Um, oh, it's 14? Oh, shit. All right, so Tez is able to hold his ground while buffeted by the strong winds. His um, cloak begins to flap, but he, he grabs it and pulls it back down. Um, but he is still in... Oh, actually... Um, the homunculus makes a strength saving throw as well. So the homunculus has full cover. So how uh, is he affected? Is it like where is it? It's like, it's like up under my your sleeve. clothes or something. Yeah, ah, yeah. Okay, because it's not deployed. All right, that's fine then. Um, if it comes out and you try to use it or anything, then it'll need then it'll to make, make a the save. Okay. Right. Okay. So this is like an on an ongoing effect, or is he like channeling exactly. and concentrating on this? He's definitely concentrating. You can tell he's concentrating on on a spell. Uh, well, actually, which means... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let this wah, guy wah. just magic surge himself to death, please. Or maybe both of you. Could just be a big old fireball. <laughs> I can survive a fireball better than you can, I assure you. I'm a rogue. All right, and you don't move, which means he's still not going to notice you, but the, the gust of wind is still moving, so uh, it's still ongoing. Okay, buffeting you. So yep. what's, uh, what do you do? Okay, so no magic surge? All uh, right. Is he looking at me? Uh, he still can't see you. He is looking in your direction. So if you move out of your space for any reason, he'll spot you. Right, right. Okay. And now if you stay in the spot, you're going to need to make another strength saving throw. Um, Next turn. Right, right. Nope. At the beginning of your turn, make a strength saving throw. Oh, that forces two saves. Mm, no, no. It would, you would have made it at the beginning of your turn, actually. So never mind. So that was your one. All okay. Right. Got it. So you're right at the beginning of your next turn. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't know where Tez is, so Tez would have, you know, I mean, would have advantage, right? Yep, Tez is hidden, so any attack he makes has advantage. But then that will reveal his location. 
Yeah, so Tez will, uh, Tez will go for it. So the first one is a 14 plus 8, the second one... <sighs> 19 plus 8, come on. <laughs> Alright, two Eldritch Blast hits. Can, can a fake student get some damage, please? Alright, a 9 and an 8 for damage. Now we're back in the game. 17, 17. force damage. Alright. And I believe he has to make a, a concentration check. Two of them. Oh, that's right. Which is... Sorry, how much did you get? Nine and eight? Yes. So both DC ten. Two successes. So then the homunculus would go after you. If it's going to do anything, it needs to come out and it'll need to make the save. Uh, it is not going to do anything because okay. Tez is not going to stay where he is. <laughs> Tez is... Uh, yeah, we didn't really get into like how far down this passage Tez is, but if he has a chance to leave and duck into another one, he would. Uh, otherwise, he will just like disappear further into this pa- this passage, right, and hide again. He's only really got mm. thirty feet of movement to play with, so I'm guessing he's probably staying in this passage. Right. You pr- you can probably only do it about one more time before you have like hidden. Right. Yeah. Right. In right all the places. Space. Yeah. Got it. Right. Exactly. Um. Yeah, so you can you can do that and you'll get out of the gust, but it you know it'll be pretty easy for him to just reposition right, and then like right. everywhere is covered by the gusts yeah. that you could be. That's fine. Okay. That's what he spends his turn doing though. And uh this stealth roll is also good. It's a 23. Yeah, 14 plus 9, 23. Okay. All right, you don't think he spotted you. All right, back to uh, back to predator mode. He repositions, and now the entire area is under the gusts. Yeah, and then he's done, and then the beginning of your turn strength saving throw. All right, this is the one that counts. <laughs> Sixteen minus one. <laughs> Better than last right. time. I think I, 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 unironically, I think I actually want to fail the save though, because I want to absorb elements so that I can like power up a punch. <laughs> but I'm not just gonna do it for free. <laughs> like, so here I am. <laughs> All right. So you hunk, you're hunkered down still. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think this this time I'm like I'm lower to the ground, right? Like I knew this was coming, so I found a spot that I could like kind of brace myself a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's what I'm telling myself. It's not just blind luck. Tez is a very good adventurer. Um. Wait, so you're just hunkering down? Uh. Oh no no no! I'm going to shoot him again. Oh, okay. But I just mean uh... how I how I'm surviving this gust of wind so elegantly, despite being a, a wayfish little rogue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So then. You throw back your cloak, you rise, point your screwdriver, and try to Eldritch Blast, right? Correct. As you move, his radiant action goes off, and he attacks. Okay. So that'll happen first. Uh, one hand out stress continues the gusts, and then the other one whips again with a cord of flame. Man, how long a range is this cord of flame? Uh, 60 feet. First one misses definitely, but the second one is a 21 AC. And that hits. Oh, that is a terrible roll. 10 fire damage. So uh, I will absorb elements to, uh, as a reaction, I will gain resistance to the triggering damage type. All right, five fire damage, and then your next, what, melee attack deals 1d6 fire damage? Correct. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, and then your Eldritch Blast goes off. I still have advantage, though, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. He doesn't know where I am. <laughs> yeah, because it would break. Yeah, it's yes, it's fine. 23 for the first attack. Mm-hmm. And a 7 and a 3. Oh, I might miss. Uh, Womp. And a Womp. 15 for the second one. No, 15 hits. Okay. So 2d10 more damage. Uh, 5 and 6 damage. That's 11 more force damage. All right. I think it's going to come out of the wire. Uh, two more concentration checks. Ooh. No, oh, fails. All right. So the wind stops and dies down as one of your uh, Eldritch Blasts hits him uh, right 
in the outstretched palm, and he pulls the hand back with a, a little recoil, and the wind dies down, and it's eerily still again. But you can both see each other. Uh, anything else from Tez? Uh, no, but my gauntlet equips. <laughs> my little skeleton, my skeleton-tailed gauntlet. Or a uh, skeleton, scorpion-tailed. It might be a skeleton scorpion. Yes. Well, um, it's a... It's an exoskeleton, you know? Right. Kindness. A, a magimechanical exoskeleton scorpion. All right. The wind has died down, and... and its aim is true. Uh, 14 plus 4 is 18 versus AC for a whopping and perhaps game-winning 4 damage. Force. It is not game-winning. He's still up, but I think this is going to be a close thing. All right, anything else from you or the homunculus? Uh, I'm just realizing that I got excited about the cool thing, but forgot about the very, very practical thing to do on my turn, which is to chug a potion. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, because you can do it as a bonus action. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I should use fast hands to heal the out of myself. See? Yeah, you absolutely should. See, <laughs> yeah, so. thief, thief was always the way to go. Uh, so potion of healing so is two d four plus two d four plus two. two. Should have been doing this the whole time. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I've actually had a chance to do it uh more than maybe once before but uh so four plus two plus two is eight hit points back so a net gain on that round it could make all the difference because the two of you are out in the open staring each other down and you know what he's gonna do well actually first off he blurs make a dexterity saving throw that is a joke yeah, that's a joke. 12 plus 6. 18. Mm, okay. Uh, does uh, the homunculus have to do it too? Yeah, but I don't think it really matters. Uh, if it fails, it goes prone. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, he's uh, 13 plus 4 is 17 anyway. Great. So he, he blurs, um, disappears. You can feel that rush again as he moves through you. Uh, and then he reappears where he was before, looking a little dismayed that you're still standing up. Why do you keep doing this? You're not fast. I'm fast. <laughs> prefer to hit you when you're on the ground, but I suppose we'll just have to do it this way. And again, he whips. Mm, that's a 10. Oh, wow. Oof. This might have done it. So he misses both times. A 10 and an 8. Oh, but I wanted to punch him. <laughs> I wanted to falcon punch him. Okay. And then with his move action, he's going to backpedal 35 feet just in case it matters. Uh, so he's like 55 feet away from you now. Tez whips out his all-purpose tool, pointing his silly screwdriver at, uh, at this very proud practitioner of magic, trying to spread the distance. And Tez is practically dancing as he just, like, calmly approaches and like he kind of like waves his like like with a flick of the wrist kind of thing he like makes a motion towards the man's hands and says ah now we're done if you want to keep those gloves you can see it right now mm. um hmm you can see him thinking about it for a second and then his upper lip curls and he says we fight to finish this give it your best shot you should make him pull his wand on me uh out of initiative order <laughs> well yeah he motions to attack so I can blast him on my turn come on make it dramatic man <laughs> <laughs> let me shoot him dead when you he tries to reach for his gun you don't get alright <laughs> All right, you ready? An action to blast him when he shoots you. Okay, <laughs> and that's and that's exactly what he's going to do, of course. He's going to raise the wand again to do a double whip. Yeah, I'm going to blast him. So it just started blasting. So I started blasting, and I did. 18 on the die, and a 10 on the other is uh, 26 and 18 versus AC. Assuming All right, both, isn't both are going to hit. Let's, uh, let's see what the damage is. Yeah, this... Uh, it's either a nine or a six. 
Where's the dot on the silly thing? Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nine. Nine damage? That one's a nine. Uh, yep, and then the other one was a uh, five. So 14 force damage. First one takes him out. Uh, and the second one sails over his head because he has dropped to the ground unconscious. Uh, he'll wake up in a minute. But well, you got a minute. He's going to wake up without a glove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's figure that was what happened. Yeah. So Tez is going to walk up. Tez is going to walk up, remove the man's left glove, and Tez will leave him five coppers for his trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like like a common bar fight. Literally insults injury. Uh, so while Quintilius is still unconscious, the... Um, others head over. Um, Meepo is capering, jumping up and down because, of course, you have, have won and his loss didn't end up mattering. Um, Skelebro seems satisfied, not smug at all, just satisfied that you all went out in the end. Lorene is also pleasant and she goes over to talk to Meepo. Rampart comes over to you. Uh, but first, they sort of nudge Quintilius's unconscious form with a with a boot, uh, and they say, "He was never much of a closer. I was a bit hasty. I, I should have been the anchor of the team, but it does seem you have won." They look at you, and then over to Skelebro, and they give a, a begrudging nod of acknowledgement. Tez offers a fist bump to Rampart. Yes. Rampart looks down and thinks about it for a moment and then says, This offer is noted, but not yet reciprocated. Well, I don't have any other way of thanking you for the opportunity to put Quintilius in his place for once, but yeah. I hope your honor is, uh, well, whatever you needed it to be. Lorene chimes in. Well, you're definitely not the first one to want to put Quintilius in his place. He's not a bad guy when it really comes down to it. Just when they say stuck up, they're talking about his head, and you know where it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I, yeah, no. I, I, I clocked him immediately, and, um, you know, I'm trying to be a better person, so I'll just leave it at that. But, um, you know, no, no hard feelings for any of you. Uh, I, I, and Tez kind of turns to Skelebro and Meepo and says, I guess it was fun. Uh, Quintilius begins to come to, uh, wakes up and then looks down at his now naked left hand. He's about to exclaim something when suddenly Rampart doubles over and drops to one knee and lets out a low keening moan of pain and then collapses to the ground and Lorene rushes over to Rampart to see what's going on but before she can even get to them she's tottering on her feet uh, drops to, to both her knees clutches her stomach in the same way and then falls to the ground unconscious this reminds Tez very much of what happened to uh, that one student in the Bozan Tavern who was carried out by friends and taken to the infirmary. Oh, crap. Uh, Skelebro, you're going to have to grab them. I can't carry them, but uh, the rest of you, let's get let's get her to the infirmary. Uh, so Grayson, who was the neutral observer, Grayson... Windermere. Windermere, yeah. Uh, says, "Wait, wait, what? What are you doing?" And he looks at you. You've already won. You don't. You don't need to do anything. Why are you cheating? You can't do this. What? Uh, what are and, you? And he comes over to you, but then he doubles over and looks up at you with like almost hatred in his eyes. About like he can't believe that you're doing this. And then he passes out. <sighs> Is there anybody else? in this room who isn't currently passed out in front of us none of your friends are 
uh, seem to be uh, affected. And you're sort of looking at each other. And then from behind you, you hear Quintilius cast a spell. Uh, but it doesn't go right. Because when he tries to attack you with the spell, there is a wild magic surge. <laughs> and instead of whatever was supposed to happen, bright lights begin circling by the ceiling, and then a cord of magical energy flicks out and connects to one of the statues in the corner of the room. And then it quivers and trembles and begins to move. And you know it, it animates when you get close, but it begins to move in much more fluid ways, and it the, its melting process seems to accelerate. And then another cord of magical energy flings out from it and hits another statue in an opposite corner and then it does the same thing and then one more chord to the, the third and final one and then suddenly they are all yanked toward the center of the room where they collide uh, with a huge explosion and from the ensuing fireball drops a lump of molten clay that stands in a somewhat humanoid form lets out a terrible roar and moves to attack and we'll find out what happens next next time I'm gonna actually kill Quintilius <laughs> and then I'm gonna deal with this clay monster I hate him so much it's been eight weeks and I hate this guy all over again <laughs> Perfect. It's really unfair, though. I did introduce him as a having a, a punchable, punchable face. face. He, he he never you had sent a me the art, and I said, well, "Yeah, that's a punchable face." <laughs> All right. <laughs> Before we get out of here, let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M U N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sense Carne. That's Malice minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show at TPTCast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at TotalPartyThrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. And before we wrap up, we want to take a moment and thank our Patreon supporters. Your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show. And if you'd like to learn more, you can check out all of our rewards at patreon.com slash totalpartythrill. So what do we have planned for next week's episode? We are continuing this playthrough of The Magister's Masquerade. Well, that's it for episode 323 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name. But either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>